I guess kind of um, life um, brought me to this um, idea to become a spiritual researcher um, since life has been exposing me to um, as many people, of course, um, to but quite um, difficult situations. I'm Alexandra Kreis and you're listening to Outer Travel in a Journey. Journeying now for 30 years into the life and practice of yoga, I have met many who have taken interesting turns, went past extraordinary bumps and reached unexpected places. People with whom I shared conversations about everyday struggles, intimate realizations, larger questions, ideas and dreams. So today, I'm passing on the mic to one of them so we could hear and celebrate the wisdom in people's differences and experiences. Welcome back to Outer Travel Inner Journey. Hello, Yolanda. You're my guest today on this show. How are you? Good, thank you. I'm mm. quite good. Yeah, I was having a nice day today. Some, finally, the sun is shining in Berlin. I'm really enjoying that. Yeah, I loved it too. So, Yolanda and I, we are both based in Berlin, obviously, and Yolanda taught, just so you know, we have her, she has a surname there. She is actually an artist and designer, but also loves traveling and a cultural educator currently in her profession, as far as I understand it. And the reason we're coming today is because we both felt we have to kind of dig out her story into the light and share it with you because as you know you know difficult situations in our lives are making us reach out and reach deeper at the best times and Yolanda also called herself a spiritual researcher which I loved <laughs> I never heard a spirit about spiritual researchers let's start why did you become a spiritual researcher let's start from where we need to start <laughs> oh my god yeah that's that's uh, not so easy to answer, but I'll try my best. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess kind of um, life um, brought me to this um, idea to become a spiritual researcher um, since life has been exposing me to um, as many people, of course, um, to but quite um, difficult situations. Um, yeah. It, um, where can I, where to start? That's the question actually right now. Start with the beginning. How did you, you know, you said you have become an artist and at, at the same time something coincided in your life, in your personal life, kind of things kind of started to head in a certain direction. So mm -hmm. maybe we can start with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started to, to study uh, communication design actually when I finished school and um, in this moment uh, of my life um, which was very transformative of course like because moving out of home and starting a new study is always something big and um, but also my father was going through um, quite a difficult situation in his life or very transformative and entering a very severe midlife crisis, I would say, I would call it mm -hmm. now like that. But um, it was 
much more than just a midlife crisis. So unfortunately, he developed strong um, symptoms of uh, bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. And um, at one point, I even had to completely disconnect with him, unfortunately, because I mm. was, you know, super young and, I, um, and like he was protecting a lot of things on me and I was not kind of able to cope with it anymore at one point. So I had to make a distance. Mm. Um, but luckily, just after, like just when I was about to finish these studies, when I was um, uh, like 24 or something, I, I, I was somehow finding the space again and the strength also to reconnect with, my, with, with him. And he was still in a diffi- very difficult situation also uh, with drug abuse actually. But um, somehow we completely connected again and, and I, tried to, yeah, we, I tried to support him and he also was very supportive towards me, but he uh, was already in a, in a very difficult, really very difficult state and um yeah in the end he he couldn't make it and he he decided to end his life and that was just when i finished my had finished my own um studies and i at the same day actually i didn't know yet that he had killed himself basically um i um for some reason i was going to the botanical garden in the town where i studied and sat in the sun and was thinking about what to do next because I just I just I had an internship in New York upcoming that was about to happen like half a year later and uh, and then I just decided that I would go to Iceland without having any um, ideas actually what to do in Iceland <laughs> but I just I was just always so um, appealed by the nature and um, also the music I loved a lot of musicians like Björk and Sigurus mm. from Iceland and um, and then just a few hours later um, yeah I got just to go but I got this feeling when I decided to go to Iceland I was just like lying in the sand suddenly like something opened up to me some kind of space mm-hmm. and then when I was back home I learned about my father's death and um things were all kind of yeah going very quickly and um when i was in his flat and emptied his flat um carefully i came across only three books and one of those books was about iceland yeah that is uh, that, that is mystical that's still mystical to me when these things happen they seem to be like finger pointers um, in our lives and particularly that's when you get strong sensations around it like you were saying you know you, you you kind of really felt you wanted to be in Iceland yeah I'm very sorry to hear the drama that unfolded and in a previous show I was talking um, to someone who went through depression like and came out the other end and some of us are not you know like some people are not as fortunate they don't maybe they have not worked enough with themselves and on themselves in order for them to to use the dark night of the soul as an elevation into something else and sometimes it's like the chemical processes are so strong in some people in their brains that it's very hard to um, mend them so yeah i'm sorry to to hear about that but Obviously, there is some hope in the story because it helped you, you know, your father's death in some ways helped you to go deeper into yeah. 
yeah into your own life what happened next yeah i guess that the whole story is the starting point of why i was just kind of calling myself spiritual researcher because it opened up so many questions for me that i wanted to um um, not answer uh, not answer because I, I mean I knew that maybe the answers wouldn't be so easy to get but just to yeah. learn more yeah um so yeah after I've been to Iceland and, and New York then it was a whole year um turned out that I was staying longer in Iceland than I had planned and somehow things in, in Iceland um folded up, uh, were un unfolding in a very magic way as if I was somehow had kind of propelled myself um, on another kind of level um, I guess maybe if I'm putting it that way it sounds like that like too um, linear I don't know um, how to put it but um, I just mean like somehow I was so sensitive and um, kind of thoughtful and uh, also really open and very much still connected to my sorrow and um, all like, yeah, all the sorrow I had from my dad that he had been going this way and that he didn't find this, um, this solution somehow, which I also understand because yeah, I was really um, confronted with a lot of challenges, I guess. And um, when I came back from there, I felt that I needed to study philosophy and philosophy turned out too <laughs> theoretical for me because uh, I wanted to, to also work more with content and not just do mm -hmm. nice design. Yeah. And yeah, while I was yeah, at this point, I was reading a book from, um, it's called Das Weiße Land der Seele from Olga Karitidi. And she's a psychiatrist from the States and mm. Siberia. She lives in both places. Mm. And she has been doing a lot of research with shamans in, in Siberia um, and treating um, psychological diseases um, with shaman, old archaic shamanistic, um, I'm not sure yeah. if one says it like that, methods. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And what has she found? That sounds intriguing. What did what she found out? Mm. Um, yeah, I guess a lot of things, but um, it's very hard. To, it's not. It's, I guess it's not possible really to pinpoint like one teaching she found out. But she, um, she, yeah. I mean, no, yeah. One can say that she found out that um, psychological um, diseases, as we call them here. In our um, mindset um, are also having a spiritual um, component to them mm -hmm. uh, always actually and yeah. that it's also possible to access the spiritual component mm -hmm. um, yeah not only by uh, using um, pharmaceutics but also um, through, through the, the spiritual realm yeah so uh, I guess that kind of propelled you on a way to research yourself, as you call yourself a researcher. Where did you end up kind of uh, maybe tracing these steps if I'm not jumping ahead here? Yeah, I, it's kind of 
I think that my journey, I would also call it kind of crazy. Maybe it's because I'm still traveling, maybe a little steps of my yeah. father. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, um, I handed in a project um, for which I got a scholarship, a great scholarship for a year. And um, in this project, I was starting to um, question the connections or to, to think about the connections of um, all everything that shapes us and uh, our psyche um, from, um, from the past regarding our um, upbringing and then choices that we take later on in life, and then also neurological, genetical, um, um, how can I say this in English? Um, yeah, settings maybe. Yeah. Um, and um, as somehow a system that we are in and that we can um, manage if we somehow find the strength maybe that is made is comparable to nature. So I, I've, I got a mountaineering diary from him actually and I started to travel his, um, his hiking routes in the mm -hmm. mountains and I started to also draw connections between how we're treating our environment and how we are treating ourselves and both we as we are biological beings and shaped from our past and also from our ancestors since also studies has had shown have shown that all, even trauma can be passed on from generations to generations I guess yeah. Yeah. yeah so and yeah 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 we can inherit um trauma i i talked to some trauma experts before on the show and one of the phenomena a lot of us um who are very kind of sensitive don't realize is that some while we are thinking in how we can create a more stable content life and even as a spiritual seeker we often look for that you know how can we get come back into harmony with nature we we overlook that sometimes the outer influences have been stronger than our own makings. I remember my yoga teacher, when we went into individual asana mode with him, and then when he would come around to do a, a few group sessions and talk about stuff that's happening to people, he would often talk about inherited things. And he didn't even mean uh, trauma at the time, but he also meant like, you know what's happening in your body uh, on not only on a physical ba uh, basis but also on all the other layers you know and it could have been that you're working in your yoga practice with somebody else's baggage <laughs> and then some uh, you know some of the stuff we take have to take responsibility for and that was always very, very interesting to me. And I was kind of thinking, oh, I've inherited so much. And one day he came over to me and said, like, you know, like, you better get yourself <laughs> into shape and, and do your stuff. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's a hint there. But yeah, yeah, we can inherit and we also can be influenced by nature as much as we are uh, influencing nature itself by what we are doing as an ecosystem, you know, to our ecosystem. So, yeah. Mm. Exactly. 
And for some reasons I met on this journey, I met a, a guy, a friend who became later a friend of mine that has been traveling to Brazil. And um, he um, had a piece of land in the rainforest of Brazil to, that he was protecting by buying it. Mm-hmm. And um, I learned through him that there's a gathering in Brazil where um, spiritual tradi- indigenous traditions gather mm-hmm. uh, and where one can travel to and explore their um, and participate in their uh, spiritual yeah. in some spiritual yeah. settings. Yeah. So you're working now with these shamans. I I kind of jumped ahead a little. <laughs> but yeah, you, huh? <laughs> you didn't. Well, we need to jump a lot because it's so complex. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we can only give peaks of insights mm-hmm. to your life. But um, it's also interesting because to me, it also felt when we met and when there was like a, you know, when I heard a little bit of your story, what kind of came forward was the shaman path, you know, which is um, very popular these days. I know it's coming forward as like the new kind of thing and like ayahuasca is really big which also brings more shamans to the light you know and the workings of shamans to the light um but somehow yeah things are the way they are how do you how do you feel the connection to the indigenous people what is it that you find fascinating what connects you to these Brazil, particularly the ones from Brazil, maybe if there's something you want to share or kind of shed light on Mm. your side. Yeah, I guess there were um, several things that attracted me um, first. So the first thing that really uh, connected me so much and um, was touching me so much was the woman singing, actually. So... um, yeah, so I was uh, at a ceremony with ayahuasca, and um, during the whole ceremony, there were two women singing, praying, chanting for hours and hours and hours, just um, in such a uh, devotional way that I've just never seen before. And I feel that in our culture, um, I mean, the women are. Uh, we uh, since some time kind of fighting for our space and our place. And I yeah. felt um, that these women, they, they, were, they had um, such a beautiful space around themselves where they were expressing their spirituality. Yeah. Um, in such a true way and without caring at all about like, how they would be looked at attention um, clouds or such things was completely off from that it was just this singing and yeah, this strength this strength of this these women yeah uh, touching me and really um, brought me to tears and uh, just the it was in this moment the most beautiful thing I've ever seen somehow to be honest and then I, um, one of those um, leaders of this tribe invited us to come to, to their forest. And, and then again, just things were just like leading to one another. I, I saw that there was a concert of 
one of the um, leaders of, of the tribe. They are called Yavanawa in Berlin. And I went there and then I met a Danish woman that um, was organizing a trip to their village. It was actually the first trip that she had ever organized um, to their village. She has always been traveling by herself, but she never opened up her secrets to others before somehow. And then I, I went visiting her first in Denmark and then later I decided to come with her to Brazil and yeah. visit Yawanawa. Yeah, and then what was also, um, um, there are so many things to, to say. Maybe you want, wanted to say something just right now, otherwise I'll go ahead. Yeah, like next to, you know, noticing, to me always, and I know what, you, what you're saying there, you know, to me, there's always that point in when somebody notices that a practice goes so much deeper, you know, like when it really touches people and it doesn't need to be um, a practice that is certi certified, <laughs> there's a word for spirituality, but I'm thinking like, you know, I felt really lifted for the first time in my life when I started singing in the church choir. You know, that sense of being held by all the voices around me and that harmony and there was no judgment in, you know, who you were or what you looked like or where you came from. And you're describing this very moment so articulated, you know, like in that um voicing of the women's voices where they kind of enter where the ego disappears and we, we we kind of feel that there is something else going on and takes expression in its purity and um, that's what I heard you saying and somehow in my mind I'm starting to make connections between art and your desire to art you know and um, to practice art and learn art and study art in that art is so much exactly a language like that to me like in a language that is always trying to touch on the purity of things that are trying to come through in life so to speak i don't know if that makes sense but maybe because you are the artist maybe you you can say a little bit more about that yeah, and, yeah. i find it very beautiful how you are putting things um i think that I'm also doing a lot of shadow work for some reasons in my art, like sub kind of subconsciously, I guess. I was, yeah, I was doing a lot of shadow work that um, that um, had had led me on this journey. So before mm. I started this project with my father, that is not finished yet. I'm still working on it because it became so big because it made me go on this journey to the Amazon in the end, and I don't. Yet I'm not like I'm in the process. And before that, I was actually doing a project about my great grandfather, um, father's involvement in the Nazi regime. Mm. And I was very, um, I was very, was very touching, very, um, um, un, uh, how can I put this? Like uncomfortable uh, space, areas and space in my family history. Um, or in one part of my family sister like yeah, there's a lot of things and but it's just like one this one um part where um things were not quite clear and i was asking a lot of uh, questions and then i developed a participative installation where 
Uh, visitors were confronted with their own past, actually, by seeing this past that I have been extracting from parts of my family. And I guess because I have been asking such quick, uh, such sorry, such big questions in the project now with my father, um, life was giving me such big pictures. Like it's like always, what um, the bigger the questions are, sometimes the bigger the answers are that one gets. Yeah, and life is not like that. It's it's so hard to fit into a shoe. <laughs> it's like so hard to fit into any any kind of shape and. As you say, you know, you keep saying, you know, you're, you're you're still traveling, and I feel that all the time. It never ends, and it's the curiosity instead of the, uh, I mean, the bewilderment and the curiosity that propels us forward, but not the um, wanting to solve. It always starts probably with that we're wanting to resolve and solve something, and then. The deeper we go into the layers of the onion, the deeper we go into the inner sanctuary, we'll we'll notice there is nothing to resolve, but that is just all a play of life. You know, that's like even with uh, particular with us Germans, we do we must have ancestors in in the uh, Second World War that were not doing good deeds. You know, and um, and in some ways, they were there to do that, maybe to propel something forward in the future. We we don't know all these things. It's very hard to come down with science on it. But uh, yeah, I, I hear our, we both are trying to really grab this sensation of being hooked into the possibilities of where stories are coming from and um, how they kind of move our lives. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important, or it can be helpful for some people yeah. to know about the stories of the ancestors, to yeah. um, also know about the shadows, to in order to um, lift the shadows. Yeah. Yes, and the shadows are like I, I, you, you're talking about shadow work. How do you deal with your shadows? What do you do? What kind of work do you do? Do you draw or do you write or do you? How do you reveal your own shadows? Is there... right, that's a big question. So I, I, yeah, I write always. Just no, I'm journaling always. Hmm. I've always been doing that. It really helps me a lot um, to reflect myself. Yeah, to understand, to drive. And um, otherwise, I also practice yoga. It helps me a lot right. every day. And I'm go going to nature is the biggest part. Yeah. 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 To, to reconnect and to get clarity and to know where, where I should be going next. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the shadow work is something that is also kind of growing in or coming to light. I think it's because shamanism came forward into our Western Caucasian culture so much in the past few years, you know, like it's almost like five to ten years that it's becoming more visible and accepted. And if we allow that part of living through the ancestors to come here, of course, we're always dealing with shadow work. That's what I feel from my side so um and we cannot avoid shadows where there is light there is there, is, there yeah, are sure. shadows 
and we as humanity have such a big shadow of this. Mm. I mean, we are all connected and um, yeah, so it's, mm. it's something big. I think we can draw a line here. I know you are not finished, we are not finished, but you, you kind of talked a little bit about what kind of helped you to move forward and looking at the complexity of life. So is there one thing maybe that you want to tell our listeners, you know, like maybe give it as a gift or as an insight or I don't know, a greeting? Yeah. Um, I, I can just say that I'm very grateful that I have had the chance to travel to the Yamanawa and um, to, to learn with their medicine. And I, uh, it's something that still helps me to understand a lot of things. And I can just encourage people to um, know how connected this now. Maybe it's just that, you know, they are in a very vulnerable position, the indigenous people in the present yeah. and the world. And especially now during the corona crisis because they have stopped all visitors from coming so they are completely isolated right now and i'm in touch with their leader and um, his wife um, and i know that they are um, very short on money and they need a lot of support there are some projects um, that support them and they have, there's some eco farming project for example that's really nice um, it's a really nice sustainable business they have been, that they have been setting up and um, there's a really, um, there are very beautiful movie projects actually featuring them mm. uh, that are also um, developed right now. And um, I, I can just encourage people to, to go and, and see maybe if, they, if there's a chance somehow to meet someone from an indigenous tribe and be open for, for the, the, the message and the healing that could come from. Maybe if some people have the opportunity to support this, of course, I appreciate it because they are kind of um, protecting the core of our ecosystem, the Amazon. Mm. Wow. Maybe we can put a link to if there is like a, a page where people can pledge a donation or something uh, to the particular tribe. We can put that into the show notes. So yeah, as it here, as it sounds like what you are calling out for. So yeah. yeah, thank you for being the voice of the indigenous people tonight, Yolanda, and thanks to your father as well. And and to that degree of being involved in this story as well. And yeah, have a beautiful evening as we are facing the evening here. Yeah, hope so thank you, you Alexandra. Yes, you're welcome. And thank you, listener. <laughs> Sorry? And thank you, listener, for having... Yeah, thank you, listener. <laughs> See you soon. If you enjoy listening to my podcast, please consider to become a patron at patreon.com slash Alexandra Kreis and pledge your donation.